Good morning to everyone, and it is, it is wonderful to be with you. It's wonderful to worship, and uh, it's just good to be together, even though nowadays it's just one time a week, it just makes these moments even more special to be able to gather as God's children and give Him praise and give Him glory and honor, and uh, what a blessed time we have right now to be able to do that. We're in the month of November. The month of November, of course, coming up this week is Thanksgiving that we celebrate. Some people celebrate the entire month of November as a month of Thanksgiving. Some, some people have taken a day of each month and they, they focus on something that they're thankful for for that particular day. Maybe it's Maybe it's family one day and then you go on to the next day. Maybe you're thankful for your income and, and so on with each day of the month of November. And in a year where we have generally thought things to be bad, where we have generally thought things to be very unpleasant, it gives us even more reasons to focus on things which we really are thankful for. And my goal in this study this morning is to stir up our minds in a way where we consider the blessings that we really have in our lives and show our thanks for those things and for those people that we have in our lives. And as we begin, I want to use an occasion where Jesus encounters 10 men as a springboard for our study this morning. And that's found here in Luke chapter 17 with these 10 lepers. It says, beginning in verse number 11, Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? Well, where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God? Except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. So we have here on this occasion where Jesus, he's, setting, he's heading south now to Jerusalem. And he makes the decision to pass through Samaria and Galilee. And as he is in the, one of those villages there in that region... These ten men approach him. In fact, Luke says, as you see here, they, they kind of stand off at a distance from Jesus. Uh, yes, they even practiced social distancing back then. But that was because of the condition that these men had, that they were doing such a thing. Luke says these men had leprosy. They had leprosy. Biblical leprosy can include a wide variety of skin diseases, but whatever specific skin disease that these men had, they knew it was contagious. And because of that, they knew to keep their distance from other people. 
In fact, that's why they kept their distance from Jesus on this occasion. Yet, even though at a distance, they still were able to get his attention by calling him out uh, a master and begging him to have mercy upon them. Well, these men, these lepers, they had been outcasts because of the disease that they had. They were deemed as unclean among the people. Their lives had changed for the worse because of this. Perhaps they were feeling hopeless because of their condition. But you know what Jesus, oh, he always took the time to show compassion upon the people, especially when they reached out for his help. It didn't matter who they were. It didn't matter what the background of people were. It didn't matter their sickness. It didn't matter their, about their disease or, or their race or their status. These men knew that they could not get the kind of help from their family or their friends or from professionals like Jesus would be able to show them regarding their leprosy. And so Jesus, he told them, simply, you go to the priests. And as they, when they did, a miracle happened. That which had altered their lives for the worse now gone. And this was huge for these men. This was life-changing. Where once they were unable to hug their loved ones, now they could embrace them in their arms. Where once they had to be mindful of their surroundings and proclaim to others that they were unclean, now they're able to walk among the crowds, shoulder to shoulder, with a peace of mind knowing that others were not at risk of getting this disease through touch anymore. And so they went on their way. Maybe they went straight away to their loved ones to show them the, and to tell them of the wonderful news that they, they, didn't, uh, they didn't have leprosy anymore. And so they went on their way, all but one, as we see here on this account. And that man, that one man, he came back to Jesus and man, this guy had a spirit of joy, he had a spirit of gratitude, and he had a spirit of worship from the one who was able to cleanse him or to heal him of this leprosy. And he fell down on his face at the feet of Jesus, and he began to thank him, and he began to praise him for healing him of his leprosy. Now, one thing that Luke points out here, and you'll see here at the end of verse number 16. Notice that phrase. This man was a Samaritan. Why do you think Luke points that out? Is it important? Is there anything in that detail? Well, I think there is. Because historically, Samaritans were not welcome among the Jews. They suffered from racial injustice and prejudice among the Jews. But that, meant, but that didn't mean that they deserved to be treated that way. It was not a reflection on their character to be a Samaritan. In fact, this Samaritan, this Gentile, was the only one who came back to show his gratitude to Jesus and the other nine you don't see anymore. 
Luke seems to imply that the others were not Gentiles or they were not Samaritans because Jesus referred to them at the end of verse number 18. He referred to this one man as a foreigner. And so this outcast, he outshined the others with a heart full of thanks to Jesus. And Jesus, simply put, he was quite disappointed in those other nine who didn't come back to give his, their thanks unto him because of the huge change that had happened in their life. What about us? I can tell you that there have been times in my life where I've been one of those nine who didn't come back to think. Think the one who should receive the thanks. Not being mindful to thank the Lord for showing his goodness upon me. But it's an occasion like the one here in Luke that helps me, it helps remind me to always be thankful for the Lord's goodness. Always. Perhaps there's been something great. Maybe something that's been life-changing that's happened in your life. Maybe, maybe it's a relief from stress. Maybe it's a change for the better regarding your health. But whatever it is, we are shown to have the faith that this Samaritan had when he was before Jesus and when he had come back. And we thank the Lord for the Lord's goodness upon each and every one of us in whatever way, in whatever circumstance that we face. There's something that David wrote regarding thankfulness, and he wrote this back in the 107th Psalm. And it says in the first two verses, he says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. And so just in these two verses alone, we see that David gives a couple reasons for us to be thankful to God. And that's because number one, as you see at, uh, here in verse number one, God is good. God is good. Don't forget that. God is full of goodness and he shows it in many ways and in various circumstances among us. You could think of very, uh, you could just see the things maybe that has happened in your life. One, for example, is the, the, this COVID virus. It's still with us. It's still here. And we, hopefully, this vaccine will help everything. But even though this virus is with us, God is good. He is still good. And because of this pandemic... I don't know about you, but at least where, I, where we're at there at Oakdale, it has brought us closer as a congregation because we're reaching out to one another. We're talking to each other more. We're checking in with each other, even though we only see each other one time a week now. We have become stronger and closer together because of this pandemic. That's a blessing, and that's something to be thankful for. God is good. In that regard, God is good. And because of this, David said in verse number two, let the redeemed say so. Let us proclaim, yes, God is good. He is. David mentioned the second thing to be thankful for. 
And that's because of the Lord's mercy. It's because of his, uh, because without God's mercy, we would all be lost. Without his mercy, we would still be in our sins and there'd be no cure. So because of this reason, we should be so thankful. And again, let us who are the redeemed of the Lord say so. David goes on. Let's skip on down to verse number 15 here. Again, here in Psalm 107. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. So we see more thanks for his goodness, but also for the great works that God has done for the people and for us too. And you could probably count many things that the Lord has done for you as he worked in your life and has blessed you in so many different ways. But going on down now to verse number 22, he says, let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. I think that's a key word here. You join thankfulness with rejoicing. He's saying, and, and I love this phrase, but he just, he's saying, don't just be thankful. Proclaim it. Be joyous about it. And show your gratitude that way. Give him praise because of it. Because of your thanks. It's a great sense of emotion and this gratitude that's involved. And when that kind of excitement and when that kind of joy builds up inside of you, it is going to bring forth great praise to his wonderful name. And when that happens, I want you to do something. Bring it here. Bring it to worship. Because when you do that, you're not just coming to church. You're not just coming to services. What you're doing is you're coming to worship. You're coming to praise because you're thankful for what God has done for you. And he deserves it. And your worship will change for the better when you bring that excitement with you and that type of gratitude with you as we assemble together. And that's a wonderful experience. It is. I want to move to another passage regarding more reasons to be thankful, and that's found in Colossians chapter 1. Specifically, verses 12 through 14 here, Paul writes, he says, Giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Within these three verses here in Colossians chapter 1, Paul gives four reasons to be thankful. And the first reason is this. He says he has qualified us to be, to be partakers of the inheritance of heaven. That's reason number one. And so God has allowed us a way to be where he is. He wants us with there. Uh, he wants us there with him when this race is over. Now understand this, there is nothing that we did to deserve it. All the more reason to be thankful that God wants us with us and he provides us a way for that to happen. 
And that leads to the second thing that he said uh, that he mentions for us to be thankful for because God has delivered us or rescued us from the power of darkness. And he's talking about the world. He's delivered us from that. And the Christian life, it's the best life and it's the easiest path in regards to not having to suffer earthly consequences as much as if we were to make poor choices or sinful choices that lead to those consequences. But God has called us out of that. And God has provided a way of escape. And so we're thankful for that. And it leads us to the next thing that Paul says that we should be thankful for. And that's number three. We're brought from the world into the church, added to the church, the kingdom of God. Because within the church, oh, we find so many blessings, don't we? We find a support group to help us grow. We find others to encourage us and help us. We find close bonds in the church. We find great love for one another in the church. And I could go on and on about how great the church is, but Paul reminds us, be thankful for your brethren. Be thankful for the congregation that you have. Be thankful for the strength that you can find within one another. And build upon that. Our brothers and sisters are blessings to every one of us. A fourth thing which Paul mentions we should be thankful for is the forgiveness that we receive. Again, we're guilty of our sins, but because of Jesus, our Savior, he's allowed his blood to be applied to our souls so that we could be deemed forgiven of our sins. And for God to allow that or even want that, that's amazing to me. Because why? Why me? Why you? Why any one of us? We don't deserve it. But God said, I want you in, and I'm going to forgive you. Even when we don't deserve it, we give him thanks and gratitude because of that. Because we need it. We need forgiveness. That's why Paul said, give thanks in that. As we move on, I want to take a look at one final passage this morning, again written by Paul, and that's in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. He says in verse number 16, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Whenever you can list, whatever you can think of, with blessings and things in your life, he says, be thankful for that. And what's striking to me is that this is God's will is what he says. This is God's will. This is what he wants for us to do. It's not just voluntary or optional. His will is for us to be thankful in all things. In everything, give thanks. Sometimes that's difficult. Sometimes it might be hard to be thankful when things aren't going your way. So maybe something, there, there are tragic things that happen. There's death that happens, and sometimes it's hard to be thankful in moments like that. But one thing we can be thankful for when we're going through a tough time 
is thankful for friends and family that are there for us and to comfort us and to give us strength. And that's just one thing that we are thankful for, even though circumstances might not just be right. So he said, in everything, give thanks. I want to end this morning with a poem written by George Herbert. He says, thou that has given me so much, give one more thing, or give, give one thing more, a grateful heart. Not thankful when it pleaseth me, as if thy blessings had spare days, but such a heart whose pulse may be thy praise. And that's our goal. In everything that we do, remember, in whatever circumstances, good or bad, remember how good God is. Remember how good he's been to you. And let the redeemed of the Lord say so and give him the praise and give him the thanks for which he deserves. And in turn, be thankful for one another. Because God has blessed us in that way too. And so these are the things that, uh, that help to remind me to stay focused on and not get, not get sidetracked with, with negativity or things out there. Stay focused on what really is important. Be thankful that you're a child of God. Be thankful that God has allowed you to be his child. Be thankful that you have an inheritance of heaven when all this is over. Be thankful. And remember his goodness. If you haven't become a child of God, we've talked about how he wants you to be his child. Take advantage of that today if you've never done that. To believe in Jesus Christ and what he did for you. He came to this world and died for you so that you can have a newness of life. That you could be in the church. You could have your sins forgiven. And he died, was buried, and was resurrected on the third day. You must change your life. Repent of your life. Confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God as well. And be baptized for the remission of your sins. And when those people did that in Acts chapter 2, the scriptures say that the Lord added those people to his church. And the Lord will add you to his church today if you obey that gospel. We thank you for listening to our podcast put on by the Church of Christ at 2215 Plans Road in Bakersfield. If you would like any additional information or you would like to receive a free Bible correspondence course by mail, please email us at info at churchofchristbakersfield.com. Our service times are Sundays at 1030 a.m. and 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 730 p.m. Please make plans to join us. We would love for you to be our honored guest.